Welcome to Episode 7 of Psychic Today with your host, Jill Roberts. And today, we're going to be talking about astral planes and astral spheres. I'm going to try and get as much as I can in today's podcast. Uh, Spirit guides and something you may not have heard before, which is the gate guardian, or your gate guardian, shall I say. And if we have enough time, I will get into astral projection. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So first, astral planes. Astral planes are fundamental to creation of everything that exists, has ever existed, and will ever exist in the physical world of matter. As above, so below. Everything existing in the material world must first exist in the astral world. This is the basis for all manifestation of all creation in the material world. See, the universe is made up of dimensions. We are in the third dimension, obviously. We're 3D. But that's changing. (laughs) In each of these dimensions are planes of vibrational existence. In the physical world, we are the first three dimensions. Time, which does not exist, is the fourth dimension. And I also like to think, being that the Earth's frequencies are speeding up, especially with all of these gateways that have been going on in the last month. Um, And we have some more coming up, so hold on tight. I find that when we think, because as the Earth is speeding up its frequency, our frequencies are speeding up. And I need to do a whole show on that. But because we're getting into quantum physics and metaphysics and scientific explanations that are going to be quite quite complicated but incredibly interesting. So they say time is the fourth dimension. Okay. Thought is the fourth dimension because now we're vibrating at a higher frequency without even trying. Now, there are a couple of different ways to higher your vibration if you're inclined to do so. Spiritual enlightenment can only come with hiring your vibration and your frequency. So it's a good thing that the earth is speeding up because it would almost be impossible to do if it wasn't. So... How I hire my vibration is I use a lot of crystals, specialized crystals, not your technical um, rose quartz or amethyst, although amethyst is good for opening up the third eye. It's just, for me, it's just too generic. And I cannot wait to have Francesca Mancini from Giardino Blue Jewelers from Milan on here because she knows her stuff when it comes to crystals. And there's something we both agree on, we agree on many, many things, is that rough stones are stronger than tumble stones. Tumble stones are the nice little shiny ones that you kind of pick out because they're pretty. Um, The rough stones may not be as pretty, but their energy has not been cut down by the tumbling process. So Francesca and I will talk about that 
and in our interview and our vlog together. And we'll also do a podcast episode here. So shout out to Francie in Milan. I can't wait till after the holidays. Anyway, so I use crystals to help higher my vibration. And I use crystals in meditation. So being that I use a lot of crystals, I have to, and I place them on my body or around my body, I have to meditate laying down. And you might think, oh, she falls asleep while she's meditating. I used to, but not so much anymore. Certain crystals are almost like having an energy drink. <laughs> They're so high vibrational, it's like having a massive dose of caffeine. Uh, Sedonolite is one of them. I love crystals. But I am so into healing the planet and earth and grounding that I, for some reason, tend to um, go, go towards earth-based stones. Stones more so than crystals, though I love crystals. Um, but stones such as shaman stones, um, black tourmaline. That's a crystal, I suppose. Uh, obsidian, which is technically, you know, a volcanic rock that has gone down the mountain and onto the water, and it has, from the cold hitting the hot, has become something called obsidian, and it's black and it's almost glass-like. And of course, there's other colors of obsidian, but mostly we use black. Or black is the most common, rather. So, again, I use crystals and meditation to higher my vibration. And that's how I go into trance states, how I do my shamanic journey, how I go to the outer and the inner world and the other planes of existence. So, astral dimension, like all dimensions, has planes of energetic frequencies. These planes are often called astral spheres. The higher the frequency, the deeper the plane is within the dimension. Okay, I know that sounds a little complicated. Um, I'll just say one more time. The astral dimension, like all dimensions, has planes of energetic frequencies. These planes are often called astral spheres. The higher the frequency, the deeper the plane is within the dimension. So, for example, if you were to look at, if you were to cut an onion open and you take a look inside, you see all the rings around to the core. And so, basically, the higher or faster the frequency, the closer it would be to the center and the further away it would be from the physical world the physical dimension, 3D. Um, the lower or slower the frequency, the further away it is from the center and closer to the physical world. So we want to be, of course, in the higher and faster category. As energy beings, it's important to note that parts of our soul can be in a lower frequency while another part is in the higher frequency. That goes right over everybody's head, I'm sure. How is that possible? <laughs> well, 
it's quantum physics. Um, energy, an energy in low frequency can feel dense and heavy because it's closest to the vibration of the physical world, while an energy in high frequency can feel light, subtle, almost far away because it is further away from the vibration of the physical world. So to explain the whole soul being in one lower frequency while another part is in high frequency, take meditation, for example, okay? Um, you would think the soul would be higher. Um, your consciousness is higher. Doesn't necessarily mean your soul. So your soul could be in your body, and that doesn't mean you're below 3D when it's in a lower frequency. It could be in, let's say, the fourth dimension, and your higher self and your higher awareness and consciousness is in the fifth dimension. That's how that works. So it's not necessarily saying, stating that your soul is always vibrating lower than your higher self, um, but it can. So now I want to get into spirit guides. You know, when I was developing my mediumship, or rather I was honing, and cultivating my mediumship because I already had my Claire abilities, but everything was chaotic and all over the place. <laughs> and that's why after all these years, I decided to get certified because like everything else I do, that logical side of my brain says, okay, well, I need to do this because if it'll teach me how to put things in the right order and how to have control over my abilities and my mediumship abilities. So I got certified after a very long time, but I finally did it. Um, so when I was developing as a medium, one of the most important energies I developed was communication with my spirit guides. Now, spirit guides are not corporeal. Um, there are energies that have chosen to incarnate you in this lifetime. So, for example, if like how my grandmother had just passed away, my grandmother would not be a spirit guide. A spirit guide is someone who has been in your life, but from a prior lifetime or a parallel timeline. So it wouldn't be my grandma. It would be an ancestor. It would be somebody that I had a relationship in a prior life. Or since time doesn't exist, what's going on in the past is going on in the present, what's going on in the future. So it's probably another timeline or like we like to use in winter time speak, a pathway. So these guides, lived in a past incarnation with you. They're not living among the auric energy of your body. They're extensions of your higher self. They are not separate from you. They're essentially aspects of you. They're the energy of you. So you most likely have more than one spirit guide. Most of us have a team of spirit guides. And 
they're amazing. Spirit guides were once our teachers, or they could have been our parents, or a loved one or friend who was a guiding force in our life. They could also have been an adversary, in an adversarial role that taught you something important in another lifetime. They are the energy that guided or taught you something. So I know there's a lot of talk on spirit guides, not as much on other subjects, but there's oracle cards about them, there's books written about them and how to connect with them. So I'm just explaining to you what they are. So, okay, so it's important to note that your spirit guides are not the energies who have lived this life with you. They are not your loved ones in spirit that you experienced from being in this incarnation. So this time around, so to speak. Our guys, like I said, work as a team. Sometimes people call them collective. I don't like to really use the word collective because I use that term when I'm banishing negative entities. And when there's more than one negative entity, I call it a collective, a negative collective. I usually don't use it in a positive form. So if I have to banish um, a negative entity, which some people call demons, I mean, some people use different terminology. I don't call my spirit guides a collection. Team. Team is a wonderful word for them. So just as we learned about our own energy, our energy is what's made up of various energies to support our growth. You know, your spirit guides or energies are very much the same thing. They help us. We have free will, but they'll get our attention to set us on the right path sometimes. So our spirit team has individual roles. Each one has their own purpose. And as we have free will and we go through life, some of these guys may step away because we don't need them for that particular thing anymore. For example, when you were little, you had, you know, different guides than you have now because you needed guides to help you um, not make fatal decisions as a toddler, let's say, by sticking your head in the oven when mommy turned her back. Or, you know, because um, I always think about, you know, don't touch the stove, it's hot. My son, I love him to death, never would. My daughter, she'd touch it and go, ow, with her finger. Touch it again, go, ow, ow, ow. So she, my son didn't need to touch it. He just, my mommy telling him it was hot when he was little, that was enough for him. My daughter, she's, uh, she's an old soul and a spitfire but, and wonderful, but she'll just keep touching it. Hot, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> so she needed uh, like a whole football team of spirit guys when she was a toddler. Anyway, um, so they did, They will always remain present with you. However, your main guide um, is the one who will develop and grow with you and change with you over time. 
So you have a main guide, and then you have a couple other guides that come in and out for specific purposes, for your specific purposes. Um, so, you know, you have guides that are teachers, you have them as kind of like guidance counselors like you had in high school, <laughs> but on the spiritual plane, and even guardians. We're going to get into the cake guardians. What they not are, are magic makers or witch fulfillers or genies in a bottle. Okay? They can guide you to make a good decision in your free will. They can, however, manipulate energy around you so that you become aware of any signs or symbols they're trying to show you. So, like I said before, they will help you make the right decision, if at all possible. If you choose to ignore them and go ahead and make the bad decision anyway, their hands are tied. You have free will. And there is a very special guardian. This is my favorite guardian, okay? Um, his role or her role is um, what's called a gate guardian. So some people call them gate guardians or spirit guardians. Not all of us have incarnated with a gate guardian. But once we make the choice to begin a connection with spirit, you know, gate guardians are then called forward. Some will have their main guide act as a gate guardian. For others, it's an entirely different job. <laughs> your gate guardian is the guide who stands at your spirit doorway, leads you through the astral realms, and can be the single greatest helping energy in protection. Okay? What's most important here in working with your gate guardian is that you do not need to personally know this guide or any of your guides to begin working with them. Calling upon them and letting them know that you're aware of their presence, which is intense, is powerful enough. So I'll tell you about my gate guardian. My gate guardian stands outside of my sacred space. And when I go into my sacred space, he stands outside and he protects me from anybody coming in, any negative low-level entities. Um, he makes me feel safe. He's kind of like my bodyguard. And what's really great is that, and I don't know the character's name, so bear with me, he is um, the, uh, he is, he is the really big dude in Game of Thrones who wears all the armor and doesn't speak. <laughs> That's what my gate guardian looks like. Exactly. And I wasn't really into Game of Thrones at the time that my gate guardian made his presence known. He doesn't speak. He kind of grunts. So before I enter my sacred space, I kind of just bow my head to him, which is my way of saying thank you. Thank you for standing here. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for guiding me. And thank you for keeping me safe while I am 
in my sacred space and I am communing with spirit, whether it be a client's loved one or my own or like I was doing recently, getting rid of a negative entity for a client and distance-wise. It wasn't like I was able to even go to the person's house thing. It was very far away. So he was there for me, and he's wonderful. So they're just fantastic. Now, everything I'm talking about, I know I'm going over it really fast. I'm going to teach you ways in how to develop and cultivate these relationships to understand what astral, you know, spheres are more. Um, I'm going to just, do, and, you know, astral guides, um, I'm going to do a little bit more research. It's kind of hard when you know what you know and then you're trying to explain it. So I have notes that I have here in front of me now, but I want to put it in layman's terms. I don't want it to get so complicated that, you know, you're looking up astrophysics or, you know, quantum consciousness. So I'm going to touch really quickly on astral projection. So so uh, we know about our spirit guides and um, the astral spheres. So let's talk about astral projection. Astral travel is known as the soul's movement out of the body and the travel into other dimensions, realities, timelines, but within this dimension. So this is not actually body movement. Your body stays where it is, usually laying down in bed, okay? Um, so like walking away from your body, it's not a movement. So you're not, you know, running, walking, skipping, jumping, you're laying there. What it is, it's the shift in your conscious awareness. That's what astral projection is. And it's almost like being in the in-between. Um, being in the in-between is seeing the area around you in kind of a third dimensional aspect, like in my bathroom, I am in a pre-war building, so and that's pre-World War II for you millennials. <laughs> um, the lines in the tiles help me go in between, so it's a compli another complicated thing to explain, but going in between is shifting my consciousness while I'm awake and with my eyes open, as opposed to astral projection, which I'm doing with my eyes closed, okay? So astral travel is basically witnessing an event of your consciousness shifting in the direction of the astral direction you are intended. So it's an immediate shift of awareness from one place of existence to another. So let's say, um, you want to astral project to China. You can do that. Whether you've been there or not, you're shifting your perception. There are actual exercises I will be going over with you to 
basically keep your mind awake because your body is asleep. So you can astral project and have the intention and have a little bit more control and a bunch of other exercises as well. So in a dream, we basically astral project all the time. You know, if you ever, in a dream, you're not always, you're not just looking at yourself laying into laying in a bed. You're doing something. You're with someone. You're running. You know, you're, you're, do, you're having a great dream. You're having a nightmare and somebody's chasing you. That's astral projection in a nutshell. It's basically dreaming. So, but we want to do that while awake <laughs> and not daydreaming. Um, so that's what astral travel is. Now, you can achieve astral projection and travel in a meditation through the use of guided meditations or binaural beats, isochronic tones. They're very helpful to get your brain in the correct wavelength and state in order to astral project. Um, if you do use binaural beats and isochronic tones, I suggest you do it a couple, three times a week at most. Um, it'll take a while. It's not like you're going to put it on and you're going to immediately, you know, astral project. But, you know, it is a tool to help you. And you must wear headphones if you go that route because you can't really have any ambient noise around. It will, it will totally disturb your, um, your consciousness and bring you back to your thoughts and thinking, and it's kind of like taking 10 steps backward. You know, you've just gotten your mind to calm down, and you've quieted the chatter, and then all of a sudden, you know, something happens out, you know, around you, and it takes you right back out. So you can, so you can achieve it through guided meditations, but when you learn to achieve astral projection on your own, you no, no longer need to use anybody else's words. So one of the ways to achieve it is naturally is to close your eyes and pay attention to one particular action of your body. Perfect thing is breathing. Breathing is wonderful to quiet the chatter for meditation and for astral projection. So it's something that is easy. It's something that gets your mind off of the crappy day you had or the things you have to do tomorrow or whatever it is that you're thinking about. We have 60,000 thoughts a minute. So we need to get that down. And by focusing on your breath definitely helps. And like I said in another episode, um, when you breathe in through your nose, and deeply and out through your mouth three times, your body will automatically relax. So it's something automatic, kind of like, you know, breathing. <laughs> it's something you don't have to think about. So it just, your body just relaxes and it kind of gets you prepared for that meditative state where you're going to astral project or lucid dream if you fall asleep um again we are i am going to go over all of this in another episode 
in much more detail. So instead of talking about all, you know, four things that I talked about today, the astral um, planes and spheres, the spirit guides, the gate guardian, and astral projection, I am going to give you exercises and take an episode for each. But I just wanted to come on quickly today while it's still morning here on the East Coast in New York City um, to at least give you a cursory glance of what each particular thing is. So I hope that you enjoy these topics. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode or this morning's episode. I'm trying to get on here every day. I know it's a little bit hard. It'll probably be Monday through Friday, um, unless it's very early on a Saturday morning and everybody's still asleep. Um, I have two kids, so being able to do this with them around is a little bit difficult. So I will definitely be doing Monday through Friday, unless I have a prior engagement or an early client. But And if I can get on the weekends, I will. Because the name of this podcast is Psychic Today. So I will be talking about all things psychic every day, hopefully. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to leave a comment in whatever social um, platform you're listening to this in, whatever podcasting app, whether you're on Apple or Google or Spotify or Breaker or Outcast or Petra, whichever one, I'm sure there's places, or an anchor, which would be great. Um, there are definitely, you, you should be able to leave a comment. If you can't, um, go to um, anchor.fm slash what it is. Um, you know what I'll do is I think it's slash uh, UES medium, but I will double check that and put it in my blog. I was also thinking today I was going to do um, a banishing ritual, which is a little witchy, but I am a lifelong learner and for me spiritually learning is how I pamper myself (laughs) so I am a certified soul realignment Akashic Records Divine Blueprint reader I am a certified evidential medium I am a shaman I am Basically, just a light worker. (laughs) I've had clients say, what are you? I'm a tarot card reader. I am a crystal healer. I do crystal grids. Crystals are my passion. (laughs) Um, But I do a lot of things, and I am a lot of things. I have a lot of different, different ideologies, and I take from each one. You know, and... Unlike 
organized religion, um, I get to pick and choose what feels right for me. So I would like to pass that knowledge on. And if it doesn't feel right to you, then don't listen to it. I mean, listen to the podcast, but, you know, don't do what I say. <laughs> anyway, so um, I will be um, doing something a little witchy, even though I am not a Wiccan. I do like spellcasting. I do do uh, sigils and candle magic and little things like that. So I have a wonderful uh, banishment ritual, whether you're getting, trying to get rid of a toxic person in your life or a toxic entity, anybody that's bothering you, basically. So I might come on later today and do that episode so that way you can have it for later. This is Psychic Today with Jill Roberts. I'm sending you all of my love and light. And remember, we all deserve to live an extraordinary life. So let's take this journey together. Have a wonderful weekend.